From deep in the heart of Texas, it's time to chain fire some freedom with another episode of the Clover Tack Podcast. Listen in as we have a conversation with people from the firearm industry and community. Are you ready for the show? We are too. Let's go. What is up, crew? It is February 22nd, 2023, and time for another Clover Tack podcast, powered by our good friends at MDM Case Guard. And uh, I got to tell you, I just got in a, a high-low shooting table from MTM Case Guard just yesterday. Couldn't wait to get that thing out of the box. It is freaking amazing. Well, by all accounts so far anyway so be looking for uh, some review work be looking for that to show up from time to time in videos out on the range for sure but mtm case guard of course has a lot of stuff they've been uh, in the shooting sports business as far as uh, ejection molded plastic stuff for many years rest tables storage boxes you name it uh, they probably got it over there you probably already have some stuff from them so um, yeah check those guys out mtmcaseguard.com uh, and if you do shop over there, use code CloverTac. That's going to save you uh, 10%. Going to get to our guest here in a minute. We've got Bill from Patriots Firearm School. Also, also if I can speak, author of uh, Before the Bell Rings. I, I think he can correct me when he gets in here if that's wrong, but I think that's what it is. Uh, and links, as always, down below uh, for that. Now, I want to mention, uh, of course, thanks to those that super chat. That's super thanks. Thanks to the Patreon patrons, the YouTube channel members, those at shop, clovertech.com slash shop, and also uh, proud to be a member of PULMA, the Professional Outdoor Media Association, as well as uh, the Firearms Radio Network. A lot of great, awesome podcast over there. I don't think I've forgotten anything except to say, if you're out there live, make sure to put uh, any questions you have for our guest out there in the live chat. We'll get to those. And if you're listening to this in replay, there's more than likely a comment section below. If you've got questions, you can participate that way as well. Let me get back over here, get uh, everything in, bring Bill in. How are you, Bill? I am fantastic. How are you, sir? I am great. Good to have you on. Yeah, appreciate it. Very humbled. I got to say, I have a little background envy. <laughs> plain background. You got a lot to look at, although you are missing a Patriot Farm School patch. So I'm going to have to take care of that. Uh, I think I probably am. We can definitely we can definitely rectify that situation. Uh, there are patches down low on there that you probably aren't able to see. So that could be uh, there could be things over there quite quite regularly folks come in and go hey you don't have this patch or that patch i have so many patches it's hard to it's hard to keep up sometimes yeah um, i rotate them i rotate yeah <laughs> yeah that's just one panel there and i've got one over there and then out in the man cave every door uh is lined with felt and has patches on it and uh, even got a patch panel on the ceiling out there got nice. another patch panel over there so yeah i just uh when i set this up i just threw some patches up quite honestly I thought, you know, who's going to be really parsing and paying attention? You guys need to be listening to the conversation, not looking at the patches. That's what I'm telling you <laughs> out there. Uh, if you're if you're live now in the audio replay world, they don't have to worry about the patches. It's not right. a distraction, right? That's right. Uh, but at least you've got you've got a pretty good color contrast going with the uh, yeah. with the background, so you're you're good. Not a problem there. Um, yeah, we met. Um, I guess uh, officially, you could say at the uh, guns.com party yep. during shot show so um 
just curious before we get into you and your background and your history and the school and the book and get into all of that uh as far as shot show this year uh how many years have you been going to shot show so i'm a, like i've been telling a lot of people i'm a sophomore so this was my second year okay. uh, attending yeah and in previous years, I, I've been invited, but never, never could justify the cost. And, you know, I know some people are saying, oh, what are you crazy? But, um, you know, I, I, I burned the candle at far end, so to speak. So, but I'm part of Target Nation and that's what brought me there, you know, to right. work at the booth. Yeah. Okay. I got you. So you were there as a, basically as a exhibitor, I guess Correct. you could say. Gotcha. Correct. Okay. Um, well, second year in, what, what are your thoughts? Well, so again, I don't have a lot of uh, contrast, but compared to last year, uh, yeah, right, whoo. <laughs> a lot, a lot different. Yeah, I, I said it last year. Last year was great from, especially from a content creator side, which that's a little different, a little different thing. Um, last year was excellent. It was absolutely amazing, and we had a lot of first-time content creators that went last year, and. Um, Y'all kept telling them, I just wait till 23. Like if things get back to normal, normal, right. In air quotes, yeah. uh, in 23, I'm like, it's going to be like you, you're starting all over. It's going to be a whole different, different feeling, a whole different show. And I think it was, and, and in a good way, I was glad that it, it got back to that point. I was kind of worried with last year, uh, but it was good to see a lot of people back out, a lot of business being done, right. Uh, yeah. a lot of people, uh, you and I, for example, uh, getting to meet each other and uh, and everything. And that's what SHOT Show, for those that are not there to uh, showcase or sell product anyway, uh, that's what it's about. It's about showing up, making those connections, meeting those people, and and uh, expanding that Rolodex, uh, which yeah. is a term that most people don't get. <laughs> yeah, and it, 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 it can be tiresome. You know, working the booth all day, you know, yep. at night I'd be promoting – and networking at night. So it's, uh, you know, you got to pace yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so want to, uh, want to give you a second here, Bill. And well, obviously we want to get in, in depth on the school. We want to get kind of some background and in depth on the book. We'll save that for a little later, but just quick introduction with kind of who you are and your background and everything, uh, up to the point at least of the school and the, and the book, if you'll kind of clue people in on that, we'd appreciate it. Yeah. So I'm a proud dad, family man first, you know, um, real was a gun enthusiast, uh, really got into the game kind of late and, um, and, and that's what empowered me to start the school. Right. But I, you know, be, before the school, before the shooting sports, very involved with the youth, uh, whether okay. it be, you know, CCD teaching or, uh, baseball, uh, flag football scouts very heavily involved in scouts so that mm. you know that that occupied a lot of my time before the school and, and all that so family man first and my career used to well it still is a little bit is a mechanical engineer so oh, that's okay. um yeah I, I have a very technical background mm -hmm. yeah so yeah so which came first the i guess the book or the or the patriot farm school Patriot Farm School came first. Okay. Yeah, it's quite an interesting story, uh, what fueled the writing of that book. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if you want me to get into that, but. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, if, um, which need, which of those stories needs to come first, I guess, would be my. It, it really question. doesn't matter. I mean, okay. Patriot started <clears throat> by me getting my license. In Massachusetts, you're required to, to take a class, right? Mm -hmm. No big deal. 
And I found out very early on that was a natural shot. So, you know, given anything we do in life, when, we, when we're naturally good at it, we, we want to pursue it. Right. And uh, so that's what I did. I would take friends to the range and, and someone made a comment of, uh, oh, are you an instructor? And I'm like, um, no. And they said, well, wow, you should be. And this woman paid me such a big compliment that I, that I said, you know what? I, I think I'm going to be an instructor. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's how a lot of people start off, right? They're enthusiasts and, you know, they're right. fairly decent at passing off knowledge. And, uh, and I really haven't looked back. Um, that was 20 so years ago. So I, ha- I haven't looked back. Yeah. Well, I think there's, I think there's something to say to get off on a, on a little tangent, I guess there's something to say when you're talking about the training arena and the, in the training world, especially, and it can apply to anything, not just firearms, but there are certain, let's say teachers, instructors, right. That the way that they deliver that information is easier absorbed by a certain section of people. You hear it all the time that people say, well, I'm a hands-on learner or I'm a book learner or, you know, that sort of thing, right? People yeah. absorb information differently. Um, and so when you get, it, it's interesting. There's so many firearms trainers uh, that I know and, and that are out there across the country. And oftentimes you get into who's the best and who's the worst and who's, you know, this guy's methods and that, that person's methods. Um, you know, a lot of female trainers out there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it all boils down to, it's like they're, most of them, they don't have a right or a wrong way. Generally speaking, they've got a right or a wrong way as it pertains to a certain section of people and the way they think and the way they absorb knowledge, right. And the way that sure. they learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of truth to that, but I mean, there is, well, so in regards to like, we'll just pick on Massachusetts, right. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, there's a certain part of the law that we have to impart onto the student. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that's where if an instructor isn't up to date on things, can be passing off old um, and outdated uh, information. So, right. you know, yeah, that that's really important. But, yeah, as far as the gun craft, we'll say, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, most people learn by doing for sure. Getting out right. in the range, squeezing that trigger. Yeah. Uh, yep. That is the. uh I bleed green. That is the 4-H motto. What am I doing? <laughs> so uh, I'm, da- I'm down with it. What do you think as far as your your style of training? What do you think kind of sets you apart? Is there any one thing that you go, well, I do this a little differently and I'm proud to do that a little differently? Um, so the older I get, um, the more I'm finding what my real strengths are. And, and it's a lot for me. People know me to like say, yeah, I'm good at this, right? I just right. put my head down. And I do it, but I have a knack for conveying very complex um, matter and breaking it down in, in consumable chunks. So gotcha. I, I guess that's, and, and I don't know about what separates me from the rest, but I've always, since I started Patriot, it is always been about the education and training, not about the money. So the education and training absolutely comes first. I'll give you a quick example. This Saturday, we have a licensing class and, you know, it ebbs and flows the way training goes. So I have two students mm-hmm. and I have an instructor who's going to be teaching that. Economically, I'm, I'm losing money. All right. I, I mean, no matter how you slice that, but I, and I just had a conversation with uh, Bill, Bill Gallant. He, he's another instructor of mine mm-hmm. and told him, look, it's more about the money. It's more about, you know, these people are looking to us, relying on us 
to provide that service. I'm not, you know, we're not going to deny them, you know? Right. So, yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of instructors are just out for the money, you know, unfortunately. That money is what drives them. Right. And that, yeah. Well, anytime there's a anytime there is a demand, and it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if we're talking, you know, firearms training or we're talking about pro how many times do we see, you know, um merchandise that's Chinese knockoff, right? Or <laughs> or whatever, right? No. Uh, yeah, and, and it's it it's people trying to make a quick buck on the popularity or the trend of whatever it might be. I mean, YouTube videos are the same exact way. How many times does something happen in the news cycle, and then everybody that you go to new, you know YouTube and the entire feed is something about what that politician said or what mm. what that politician done, right? So you do have, excuse me, a sec. Mm. You do have people that'll take advantage, I guess. Yeah, is what I said. That's just normal. You know, in, in my other realm of uh, of uh, industry, the engineering, you mentioned China, but the, here's the cold hard fact: is that a part that costs, say, to manufacture in the states thirty dollars here, mm -hmm. will cost three dollars in China. And right. it used to be, the quality was horrific. And I hate to say it pains me to say this. Mm-hmm. But I have a customer who a part costs him $32 here to manufacture. In China, it costs him $3.50. And that's with the wow. shipping. That's And the quality is immaculate. Yeah, and I yeah, hate, yeah. it pains me to say that, but that that's the truth of the matter. So when you go to a company, you know, and we know, especially in mass here, we get nickel and dime constantly by the state uh, being a small business. And, you know, that directly affects your bottom line. I mean, it's just, right. you know, that's the truth yeah. of the matter. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's mad respect, especially for those in the industry that are able to do, uh, to do everything in the U S and, and still keep a cost. That's not that bad. You know, on the product, you're like, man, I don't know, I don't know how they do it. Um, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Like target nation, the, the company I'm involved in the 3d targets, you know, it's a cardboard product last year after shot, they, they increased because it's all made in the States, hundred percent in the States, they increased the cost of cardboard by quite a bit. So we had a, we had to bump up our pricing, you know, just a skosh to, to, uh, right. You know, to, to, to absorb that. So, to cover it. Yeah. 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 Now, as far as, uh, you know, as far as the training, uh, roughly how many classes do you guys run? How many instructors do you have? I guess is, is a good question. And then how many classes do you guys typically run in a year? In a year, I don't know. I've been asked that before, Chris, and I got to say, I, I really don't have a number. I run about three <laughs> classes a week. Oh, wow. On it. Okay. And, and sometimes there's private class, like a lot of what's not on the website. And I do, there's multiple groups that I offer private classes to. Uh, mm -hmm. It can be during the week, you know, uh, an off day, so to speak. But um, yeah, I run classes like tomorrow night. I have a emergency first aid fundamentals class. That's a USCCA product. Uh, and I throw nice. a little little of my own stuff in there. We have a licensing class Saturday. So every week that there's classes going on, uh, you know, for opportunity, I have three instructors. Wow. Uh, two of them have been with me for a long time. Uh, Bill Gallant, actually, you know, I trained him from licensing on up. So great, solid instructor, um, certified him to teach and, uh, Garrett Holcomb. He, he's kind of like my number one. Uh, he serves at me on the gold board as well. And a very, very solid instructor. And then we just brought on a, a, a new instructor, Brenna Leary. Um, 
So we, we needed a female presence at Patriot. So, right. Yeah. 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 I think so. I mean, I, that is a demographic that has been increasing, right? Oh, no doubt. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, on that demographic, I mean, have you seen, I guess, a couple of things through the summer of love and, and you know, the lockdown situations and all of that uh, up through, I guess, and um, and including, uh, where was I going with that? Um, Increase in female participation. And in- yeah, well, not just female, but across the board. And I was going to say up to and including uh, the whole uh, New York State Rifle and Pistol versus Bruin. Are you seeing increase in uh, not necessarily classes, but interest in classes at least? Well, starting with the summer of love, which I think you're talking about COVID, um, we were we, I couldn't book classes fast enough, um, you know. And then then there was a steep decline, and then it inclined a little bit, and that's how training goes; it ebbs and flows. Um, sure. But uh, I, I would say it's been moderate. The past year has okay. been moderate. Yeah, no real spikes. Um, and what what type of people do you see the most coming in? Is it those that just realize that hey, the police can't be there to protect you all the time? Or yeah, I mean, I poll you know students at the beginning, and that's a majority. That that's a majority of it is oh, I want to get it while I still can. And ah, you know, that, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny it- when. Uh, when COVID hit and, you know, we had that toilet paper uh, shortage. Huh, you know? Right. And I tell you, Chris, I never been a doom and gloom guy, never been a prepper, ne- never really been any of that. Uh, but that toilet paper fiasco, I've actually had toilet paper stolen from my classroom during that. Oh, time. wow. That's crazy. And if people <laughs> are like that, can you imagine, I bring this in my classes. Can you imagine if truckers decided eh, we're not going to do logistics anymore? Right. And there was a shortage of food or medicine. Um, that that's what really woke people up to say, hey, you know what? Maybe I should prepare myself to defend myself. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 That, whole, that was a shocker to me. Yeah. The whole thing with toilet paper. I was watching something the other day. It was talking about how the US has resisted the bidet for so long. Like like the US just don't want anything to do with that. But Europe, Asian countries, right? It's it's the norm and even required in, in some cities there that, that buildings have those. And um, you'll been around have you for, tried one? for hundreds of years. I never have. I no. never have. Uh, I'm not resistant to the idea. I just never have. I've never been anywhere to try one. But the toilet paper sword is that's one thing they said. They said, you know, there's been a lot of uh, people in the U.S. that's come around to the idea because of the toilet paper shortage. And then I start thinking, yeah, but by and large, the government controls the water supply. <laughs> so <laughs> I got well water, so I'm good there. <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, I do have a well here. Uh, we haven't. It hasn't. We haven't gotten any water out of it in. Uh, well, actually, since I've lived on this property, which is I've been kind of saving it. That's kind of my backup. Hmm. Um, rule the rural water supply here is cheap enough mm-hmm. that that'll that'll be there. I'm going to use it if I need it. Type right. thing, right? Um, yeah, there was something I was going to ask. Oh, the the training. So you were talking about the different courses. What different types of things do you offer, and what are the most popular? So. Since Patriot's inception, it's always been a stepped process. And, okay. and 
you know, reality-based, right? You get your license. So whatever, whether you're looking for Utah, Connecticut, you know, Rhode Island, Mass. So that's the first step. And we make sure that we tell people this does not prepare you to defend you or your family, right? right. That's a licensing class. Some of it doesn't require a live fire, although we offer it, um, you know, defensive shooting and a defensive mindset. So that that's the thing. People strap on a gun. They think it's a magic talisman. That's, and I hear that comment so often. Oh, right. I don't have to worry. I, I have a gun. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what it means when you squeeze that trigger? Right. right. The, uh, and that's where the USCCA comes in. That's when I start offering um, their type of um, message. Right. I have a class, a custom class that it's a Patriot class called before you carry and defend. Uh-huh. And um, I'm close to making that um, shareable for other instructors who want to teach it. Uh, but we do include one um, mini session, we'll say, from the USCCA in it. But that really gives people that mental mindset that they own every round that comes out of there. And some people who take the class at the end say, oh, I didn't think of all that. You know, maybe I don't want to carry, you know. So right. yeah. um, that's a popular one. The licensing classes especially here in mass are the bread and butter for, for a lot of schools. Uh, but the DSF classes um, are pretty popular. Yeah. Right. USCCA defensive shooting fundamentals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, as far as, uh, as far as mass, as you were talking about all the, the laws and regulations and rules, mm-hmm. um, how restrictive is mass? Talk to us a little bit about that for those that I'm in down here in Texas. And and the reason I want to ask this from somebody actually in the state there um, is we hear a lot about, oh, this state's horrible and that state's horrible. And on a live stream last night, we had a guy from Illinois that was in there mm-hmm. and he had never hunted or anything like that. But he was we got into a, a conversation about deer hunting in Illinois mm-hmm. and I went back and did some research and for as bad as Illinois is for 2A related stuff, firearm related stuff they're pretty lax on their hunting restrictions and everything. I was, I was actually surprised. I thought, wow, that's, that's weird that they're horrible on one side, but on one side, they're one of the better in the, in the country. Um, and even in Texas, people think Texas is this bastion of freedom, but we're really not the best when it comes to, you know, to 2A. Mm-hmm. So uh, as far as the things that you guys have to deal with there in mass, run through that list for us real quickly, if you can. Yeah. Or, so, or slowly. I don't care. <laughs> in Ma- no. in Massachusetts, you need to take a class. So the most low hanging fruit class you can take is and now. It, let me preface this by saying Massachusetts has a list of classes that you can teach for purposes of licensing. And, and the most low hanging fruit is the NRA home firearm safety. And that's a four hour class does not require live fire. So that's that's been provided you're not a prohibited person, right? We won't go down that list, but you know, sure, you're not prohibited. You take this four hour class, you get a certificate that you need to apply, and then you just apply. It, it's really that simple. Now, the the trick in mass is that you know, Brune, you mentioned the Brune case, and uh, not to get into the whole backstory, but the state, our state has dug their heels in on the suitability part of licensing, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if it, yeah. So, but all in all, it's not, it's not that bad. It, depending on what community, there's no uniformity between one town, one, uh, the other town. So one town can be very gun friendly, like, like my town is, 
but you go four towns over and that chief requires uh, yeah they require letters they require why you want your license so that's the fight and that's where gold comes in gun owners action league i'm a proud uh board member and and we help people foster them to uh you know maybe we'll call the chief and say hey you know knock it off so right right now as far as what you can own in in mass where where the restrictions fall there all right Picture this, right? Picture a map of the United States, right? Big, glorious, beautiful map of our great nation. And you're going to see Massachusetts is the only state whose FFLs cannot sell as citizenry brand new Glocks. Yeah, That's the only state? Yep. Wow. Yep. So, you know, we can go down that rabbit hole of, you know, the the firearms (laughs) roster and... I don't feel like going. Oh, down. so so Mass has a roster. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Large capacity roster we can own, not own, and then uh, the firearms roster. And um, I mean, you can get a new Glock, you just can't buy it from an FFL. So that that roster limits FFLs and what they can sell. To, well, that to makes people. a that makes just a lot of sense, don't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to Massachusetts. You know, I have people come from out of state to take the licensing class. And then I start going over this stuff and they shake their head. I'm like, Hey, you're the one who chose to move here. So, <laughs> right. Um, man, it, it makes your brain hurt trying to, trying to think of like, why? And we know why, why is to put up a roadblock and be a hassle. That's why, Yep. yep. you know, yep. uh, it's that, it's that incremental change. If, if they can implement a little bitty infringement and that infringement be established long enough, right. Uh, then they can fall back on that, that old saying of, well, it's always been this way, you know, and then they can start pushing other, other garbage, which is, is horrible. Yeah. Um, And and some people say, well, it's only, we're only giving up a little bit. No, you can't give up an inch because you know how that works, right? You just creep and creep and creep. And pretty soon you're like, Hey, how did we get here? Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, (laughs) pallet cleanser out there. Uh, MC says, okay. He said, uh, average guns are out. He said, so how's the seafood? Does that make up for it? <laughs> well, there's nothing like freedom. So seafood would be second compared to freedom. But yeah, we got we got kick-ass seafood. Yeah, for right. sure. Right. Uh, I love it. By the way, keep those questions coming as we're, as we're moving forward. If you've got questions for Bill, the firearms cool, or if you're going to get into the, uh, get into the book here, uh, let's shift into the book a little bit. Uh, we've got uh, got plenty of time, of course, to get off on other tangents. But uh, yeah. you said there was an interesting story behind the book. So uh, tell us about that. Yeah. So um, so there was a young man, young, young adolescent, say 15, who not getting into the whole backstory of that, but he was kind of um, lured into a van, right? The classic white van. Ah, okay. And. That bothered me. It kept me up at night. I'm like, how does a, a 15-year-old should know better, right? How does a 15-year-old boy get lured in to, to you know, like that? And, and it turned out it was over drugs, you know, but still, um, that bothered me. So I approached the school system. I had a meeting with the superintendent, and I brought him at the time. It was the NRA refused to be a victim student packet. Mm-hmm. And with that, I brought the pamphlets, the promotional pamphlet pamphlet. So I sit down with him and and the assistant superintendent and he's going through and I'm kind of explaining that all the content may not be appropriate for some. So I would pare it down and tailor it uh, to the student body. 
he was excited about it. He's rifling through it. Oh, we'll include this in our criminal justice thing. And he's getting me excited, right? As an educator, I said, look, it's all pro bono. It's all for free. I can pretty much get the materials for free too. So it's just a, it's a win-win. And then the assistant superintendent at the time flipped over the promotional pamphlet. Tell me what she sees. NRA. And she goes, uh, Ooh, I don't think this program's for us. And I'm like, uh, right. I'm like, no, it is. <laughs> I'm like, they dirty, just fund it and blah, blah, blah. Dirty and word. He, what's that? I said, dirty word. Yeah. The NRA. And, and then he pushed the, the student packet to me like a quarter inch. And I'm like, oh. I was so uh, taken aback by that. I must look like a deer in a headlight. So I, I let him keep the materials. I said, look, we'll talk about it later, you know. And I left there. And, and Chris, I tell you, I had tears in my eyes in that parking lot. Yeah. I, I legit did. I, I was shaking. I, I just, I was so, I was so enraged that, that because of a three letter acronym that mm -hmm. they would just rob these kids of that education. Right. And so that fueled the writing of the book. I didn't stop. Yeah. I didn't stop. So, um, that was five, six years ago when it, when I wrote it and it doesn't mention firearms in it. And, and I did that intentionally for this book. Right. Because I wanted it in the school system. Um, and, and, I, and I tell you, to fast forward to just last week, I approached, we have a brand new superintendent in our community, really good guy. He's doing a lot for the schools. And they, they, they said, we're all set. And, and that's why the book is called After the Bell Rings, not Before the Bell Rings. Because right. after school, when they're home alone, when they're out with their buddies, when they're over a friend's house, that's right. when kids, they got to own their own personal safety. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? I mean, they, you know, yeah. they have no experiential reference. They, they were kept in a bubble in some community, in some communities. So the whole premise of this book were for parents or guardians to take it, read it, and then say, okay, Johnny or Sally or whoever, let's discuss it. And how does the, how do these concepts apply to our life? Right. This it's right. this is not meant to be, you take a class and you're done. It's meant for parents or guardians to have ownership of their kids' personal safety in the regard of giving them the tools they need and, and to foster that along. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, in my area, people just don't want to hear it. They, they just, um, you know, they think they're all set and they're in this little bubble, you know. Well, there's a mentality and it's and I get it. it it's all it's all risk mitigation uh, or, or I don't know about risk mitigation, but um, it's all about playing the odds. Right. It's like insurance. You know, will I need this? Right. Um, you know, this won't happen to me. Uh, and we're always weighing those things. And you're right. I think I think quite often we get in a bubble. And it is, you know, we can, we can get tunnel vision when we probably shouldn't be, be thinking about things that way. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think about the, just the progression of society too. Um, you know, I can, I can remember in my day, I mean, we would literally, I tell the story because it's funny, but then if you think about it, it's scary. So I live in a very, a very rural area and in early teenage years before you know had a driver's license and a car anyway 
uh, friends and I would ride bikes all over the place. Quite often, dirt roads here, down long dirt roads and everything else, miles away from home. Mm-hmm. And we would do that at night uh, during the summertime, of course. Um, and we would do we would trick or treat houses intentionally that did not have their lights on <laughs> on Halloween night. How da- if you think about that? And that was funny and fun back then at some of the things they would give you when they come to the door. Yeah. I mean, we got pens and pencils and notebooks and <laughs> Ziploc baggies with potato chips with Doritos in them and you know, all kinds. Of, every once in a while, you got homemade cookies and things, which was cool. Nice. Uh, but you've got all kind of weird stuff, right? Uh, you know, a dollar bill. you got all kinds of crazy things. Um, but how dangerous, honestly, if you, mm. if you think about it, it was that. And it's not, that's something that we didn't think about back then. And honestly, our parents wasn't even really, it didn't even register. Right. Um, but you move forward. And I think, I think with each generation, I think the, the kiddos become kind of more and more sheltered. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they're not only sheltered as far as their feelings. That's why, that's why nowadays everything offends everybody. Right. Yeah. They, they're so sheltered with their feelings, but they're also physically sheltered as well. They're not allowed to, um, to get out and, and have experiences where they can then relate to circumstances like, Oh, if I, I get it, I understand why if I'm in this neighborhood or, you know, if this searches certain situations come up, how that can be dangerous. So, right. Um, you talk about the book and, and you said that it's, it's more for the parents. Um, as far as the, the ages of the, the children, the kiddos, that that applies to in the book is there a certain age bracket there more teenagers than young ones or so i i say the sweet spot is like 13 right before high school but okay. i've had eight-year-olds i've done seminars for like eight nine-year-olds and we just you know we we not dumb it down is the wrong word but we water it down a little bit right sure um, and then and then if it's an older group we get into you know, one of the stories in the book is uh, an unattended drink gets, you know, something oh. poured in it. Right. So um, especially for, for you know, for, unfortunately, the female demographics, most attacked demographic, especially young, young women. So, right. um, you know, that's an important lesson there. But um, so I've launched an instructor program centered around my book and the PowerPoint is a little more robust than the book okay. in regards to. If you had an older demographic, there's some topics in there that you could you could pass on to them, right? So, and that's kind of a a, a preface into the second book that I'm about halfway through. So, oh, okay, yeah. very nice. Yeah. So the the um, the course is that kind of a follow up, you would say, to the book. Like people get the book, they they read that, they go over there with their kiddos, and then now the training thing is a follow up to that or a prereq or how would you? Or do they companion? How would you say those work? So the PowerPoint, the instructor programs for anyone who's front facing children, um, religious education, teachers, scout leaders, teachers, that would be great. Anyone front facing kids can, can teach it. And, and we, we devise the, or design the PowerPoint. So the note section is really robust. Okay. So even, even if this wasn't in someone's uh, wheelhouse per se, you know, they haven't, they have a zoom with us to get comfortable with it and then they can just print off the notes and, and just present the material. Um, okay. And, gotcha. and someone made a comment there, Chris, it's based on the maturity level of the kids. I, I just happened to see it. They did. Yeah. That's exactly right. 
that that's exactly what you do and that and we've made it that way so it, you know the instructor can really kind of custom tailor it to whatever age demographic yep okay so i guess you would say that if if you had somebody in a a youth leadership role uh first step probably get the book read the book uh yep. and then how easy is it to go through the uh the training program to so yeah right now if you're already instructor so that's what the zoom meetings about um because we have instructors across the country um we'll we'll just do a zoom to make sure that you're uh, comfortable with material really right now right now there's no formal instructor program right as we go forward okay. we're looking at end of 2023 2024 realistically where we're going to have a um you know uh a structured type right um, training yeah yeah because yeah. I, I gotta think consistency is key and so i understand that they have that meeting with that person make sure they understand the points of the of the book and all of these things within the proper context and and That's all right. of that thing so you don't have you know one person out here teaching the book differently than what it was meant to be taught basically. that's right and that's why it, in those notes of the PowerPoint, there's like, you have to get this point across, this point across, and this point across. But gotcha. here's a bunch of other things that you can add depending on your demographic. Yep. Ah, uh, okay. To customize it. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, now the follow-up book. Uh, it, can you talk much about that at this point? It's just introducing um, more concepts. It's really geared towards the older uh, okay. kids. We'll say... Uh, people, you know, 16 on up, you know, um, okay. And, and I got to say, so the I, more, the more independent kiddos, I guess you could say that's driver's well, license age. They're going to be potentially yep. working and uh, a lot different environmental factors with that. Correct. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And the firearms will definitely be mentioned in that, in that book. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Amongst other things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Very cool. Um, so I do have just want to mention out there for everybody, check the link below um, to the uh, Patriot Farms School. That's below. Um, I think they can pick up the book there. Is that correct? Or Actually, is there some other place that you yeah, rather them go? What I've done is through the years, I've discovered you go to a group youth group and say, hey, I got this program that I, you know, I'd like to teach. <laughs> I do it free of, free of charge. I, I do it free of charge. If they want to buy a book, they can. And I give them my card and it says Patriot Farm School. They're like, oh. so what I've done is separate the two now. So yeah. a, it's atbrbook.com. So atbr, after the bell rings, book.com. And it's its okay. own en entity now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's its own, uh, what they call that landing page, I guess, or whatever you call it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you okay. want to become an instructor, there's a little form you can fill out, submit it and yeah. So I will, I will get the, uh, you know, in replay and audio form, I'll get the other link down below too. Yeah. And I guess it could kind of get like what you're saying is it kind of ends up being like the NRA situation, right? Where you have firearms attached to this and, and hmm. people may have think this firearm thing is taboo, kind of like the NRA. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that, I think that's probably a good move. Yep. Um, you know, back on that, we were talking about the whole deal with NRAs being named. You know, the NRA is a dumpster fire. I, I don't think anybody can can sit back and say that the NRA right now is not a dumpster fire. Yep. Um, but, you know, even prior to it being a dumpster fire, NRA was this big, huge three-letter bullseye. Uh, yep. Has been for a very, very long time. And 
it's it's sad that either way, because you have the anti-gun element, the, the anti-freedom element, of course, that demonizes the NRA. Well, now you've got the pro-gun element demonize it's getting dnra's get hit for both sides and i'm not saying they don't deserve it and i'm not saying they didn't bring it upon themselves that's not right. what i'm saying but it's sad that people don't look any further than the three letters right when it yep. comes to a lot of the different programs and stuff that they have like there's a right. lot of great information and help and and scholarships and uh, grants and other things that are available that progress shooting sports firearm ownership safety training 2a awareness and a litany of other things and mm -hmm. um it would yeah be we nice want reform we, we right. want reform for the nra we don't want them to go away i i, I don't think that's in anyone's best interest right. but we want reform we need right. we need it purged yeah we need, we need transparency for sure oh yeah. yeah that needs to be a thing uh you know we need to little more staunch uh stance on uh on stuff uh yeah for yeah. sure uh and that's yeah with the with the pro to a side uh, i think you're right i mean the, the the shenanigans that's going on let's just say is is the issue um yeah, yeah. that's that it doesn't surprise me a bit that's cr that's crazy. Um, crazy on one hand but then on the other hand as soon as you said that i'm like i yep i can see it Yep. I can see it. That's one thing I spent, uh, you talked earlier about working with, um, you know, working with youth and, uh, coaching and, and doing other things. You know, I spent, uh, I don't know, a decade plus with 4-H shooting sports. Why I mentioned learn by doing earlier. Um, and we had to be really careful, um, with the political side of things, even mm -hmm. second amendment related, which, I mean, it's directly related to be, being able to participate in, right. you know, if you can't own the firearms, right, or, right. you know, whatever, how are you going to participate in shooting sports? It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Uh, but we had to just, we had to be so careful with that. And in, on one hand, it's sad that you have to do that. On the other hand, it's understandable, Yeah. you know, because you want to, the political Correct me if I'm wrong. Give me your insights on this for sure. But mm. political discourse and partisan rift and that sort of thing has become a blood sport nowadays. It really has. Mm. Like it's 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 filtered over into everything to the point that everything has to be political. And it's like yeah. no. when we're talking <laughs> about safety training, you know that sort of thing. You know why does it have to be political? Yeah, because it's been made political, and and you're right, it is a blood sport, and everyone's got their camp, and 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 you know, and and that really drives me crazy. And in all our classes, we say politics does not belong here at all, because nice. the Second Amendment is a civil liberty that is afforded to all Americans, and we don't we stress that. I had a guy come in my class. This is before the last election with a big Biden pin on. <laughs> and you know what i mean not my okay. choice but okay and um you know at break he went out and you could hear the other students kind of i'm like look I, I get it but you know seconds for everyone and um the only thing i said to him i articulated in an email uh, i always send an email to every student after i said look nice. um 
you may want to consider reconsider your choice if you value your second amendment. That that's all I said. <laughs> yeah, they want to look into some things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, no, I agree. No, I, and, like I was even talking to my dad, um, and he said he remembered a day where, like in our town, he would have red face conversations with people, right? Disagree on a subject, but then. It, go out and have a beer with them after. Right. Yeah. It wasn't, oh, it didn't define the person. It was just a different point of view. Right. Yep. yep. You don't live in that age anymore, Chris. I think part of that's the mental sheltering that I, that I brought up earlier. I think that's yeah. part of it. That certainly doesn't for the older generations, you know, my generation, you know, let's say an older, it, it certainly doesn't explain those folks. <laughs> right. um, but I think that you, you've got, uh, what is it? Nurture, nurture versus nature, right? Mm. So you've got younger generations that were brought up emotionally, let's just say emotionally sheltered, uh, that has contributed to that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then you've got, that would be the, the nurture. And I think the older generations is nature. It's just society, right? You get canceled, you get demonized, you get canceled, you, whatever. If you don't think a certain way and they're like, look, I'm just going to go along to get along. I, I don't want to, I don't want to put up with this. Right. And right. especially when you're talking about something like the second amendment, because right. the second amendment is something that, you know, I don't care whether or not you practice your second amendment liberties. I don't care if you own a gun. Right. I don't care if you participate in your self-defense. I don't care. That's a choice you make. And if you're comfortable, I may not agree with your choice, right. but at the end of the day, that's yeah. your choice. Right? right. And if, and all I'll say is like you were talking about with the, the Biden pin guy, you may want to think about that. Like yeah. that's all I would say is make sure that you are comfortable with the decision you're making. Make sure you're educated, make sure you're comfortable with it. If you come back to that same conclusion and decision, Hey, you got just as much right to not practice the Second Amendment as I've got, as I've Absolutely. got the uh, the right is protected, right? Is it's right in the Constitution? So, um, it doesn't force us to participate in the liberty just because we have said liberty. Um, and with that, I think that I think that sometimes what we what we get is we can focus on the political partisanship in a way that doesn't that doesn't foster somebody coming into firearm ownership in the community. Cause I think that's the gateway, right? Mm. I think if you rah, rah, Liberty to a look at the Democrats against your gun rights, whatever, um, that turns people away. If you can bring it in and go, Hey, you know, you've got a right in this country to protect yourself and your family and, and everything. Yep. Um, you know, have you thought about taking that into your own hands? Oh, right. Okay. They, so they pick up a handgun, they take a training course like yours. Uh, they, they learn safety. Right. Um, and then along the way, they start enjoying going to the range, which let's be honest, what's funner than trigger time for Absolutely. real. They start enjoying going to the range and it's a progression, right? Yep. How many people have we heard, um, in the two A community in the, in the, in the, in the gun culture, whatever you want to call it that started out liberal as they can be and I hated guns and guns were the devil. And now they're competition shooters or they're whatever the case may be. Right. We found that during COVID, right. I yeah. was talking about that toilet paper shortage where I was going with that earlier was that people would call me and say, Hey, Bill, um, I want to get a gun. 
I'm like, okay, now they're, they're on the left side of things. I said, okay, great. I said, my next class is, you know, this Saturday. Oh, I got to take a class. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> right. And they're like, but after the class, I can get a gun. I'm like, uh, not quite. You got to fill out the application. You have to submit it. It's three months. They're like three months. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm like, well, that's, that's the way it is in mass. So yeah. I think that fact, a- uh, made people think of the second amendment a little differently then. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> but Obama said it's easier to get a gun than a library book. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like, yeah, well, now you know politicians don't always tell the truth. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? you think? Uh, you know, it's that way. Uh, but, yeah, that's what I was going with. They, they, you know, if you can ease them in without partisan politics, without yep. all that stuff, yep. you know, again, you know, there's there's empowerment with taking responsibility for your own self-defense, your, your own protection. There's empowerment there. And there's fun, obviously, with the trigger time. There's those elements you know, when you start putting those into play and then they start seeing these Yahoo politicians that want to restrict this and restrict that and make this more difficult, then they start to get it. They go, oh, wait a minute. I understand now the guys that I thought were just pro 2A gun nuts, like, right. you know, and just wanted to run amok and have an arsenal and you know, all this other stuff. Now I see where they're where they're going with it. Yeah. And just like anything else, you have your, your fringe people, right? Like if we have a sure. rally at, at the state house, we tell people dress professionally, you know, don't dress in your camo. And, and what does the media do? They zoom in on that one guy, the who's, one guy. Yeah, yeah. literally. Yep. That does not yep. represent most people. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and I agree, Chris, we, we got to meet them where they're at, right? We got to meet in the middle. We can't be just what you said, you know, rah, rah, two a, just let's, let's be human about this and let's approach it from a civil liberties perspective. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I say, I say minimum, we have to minimum meet them in the middle. Sometimes you need to go a little further. Sometimes, you know, the 60% rule is in play, right. you know, and if you've gone that far, what's another, you know, what's another 10% to, to potentially move somebody over you know, to our side of the conversation. Uh, and there uh, in Massachusetts uh, says uh, her LTC took 11 months. Yeah. So it um, doesn't work out too well when you've got a stalker or you know, whatever. Exactly. You know, exactly. But, uh, yeah, that's horrible. Um, I want to take a little break here, Bill. We got a little fun section here, a little fast fire thing sure. that I want to, uh, I want to do with you. So, we're going to do, uh, we're going to do basically this is a this or that. You don't have to explain why your answer is. Just pick one of these two choices. You have to pick one All right. as fast as fast as you can. You don't have to explain. So here we go. We'll have a little fun for a couple of minutes. Uh, French fries or tater tots? Tater tots. Uh, had you rather have a staycation or go on a road trip? Oh, that's a complicated one. Depends. If it's just with my wife, then going away. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Uh, if you were stranded, which one would you think you could survive better? Uh, a rainforest or a desert? Rainforest. Uh, Wait, as far- where are these questions coming from? <laughs> <laughs> these were funny. actually i've got viewers and stuff that just that just they'll throw them out and add That's to the funny. list and i yeah. just pick them randomly just to see where people's mindset is you know on That's different funny. things rainforest um, is a, there's a wealth of of stuff in the rainforest for sure right right uh let's see what what are some other things we've got here we can go with 
Uh, okay, for holsters, leather or Kydex? Both. Both. You can't do both. You got to pick one. Come on. Um, crossbreed holster. <laughs> well, this, is, this is true. This is true. Yeah. He's trying. Bill's trying to cheat with us. He's trying to cheat the system. Uh, fixed blade or folding knife? Fixed blade. Uh, a BLT or a PB&J? Uh, BLT. Yeah, got to have that bacon. There's only right. one thing that makes bacon better. <laughs> right. More bacon. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, uh, and you rather lift weights or do cardio? Uh, at this point in my life, I'll say cardio. Um, do you rather hunt or fish? Ooh. I'm going to say fish because my dad's a huge fisherman. So, yeah. There you go. Uh, okay, building on that. Uh, fresh water or salt water? Salt water. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, oh, um, which do you shop more on, eBay or Amazon? Uh, well, I hate to say it, Amazon for sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, we've got, uh, I'm trying to read here. Uh, vacation. Had you rather vacation in the mountains or at the beach? Beach. Beach. Okay. He's a beach guy. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, that's it. That's all. There's no point to it. It's just, it's just interesting. It's just Glock versus H and K or nothing. We could do that. I've got, it's, I mean, this list is, I don't know how many's on this list, but you see why I had trouble reading it. I mean, oh, wow. But there's a lot of them. And I'm just randomly going through there. Somewhere on here is AR versus AK. I know it's on there. Yeah. Somewhere, uh, somewhere on here is Glock versus 1911. Somewhere on here. Well, I'll have to go with Glock on that one. Yeah. Uh, Doc Holliday versus Billy the Kid. There's a lot of. <laughs> that's a good. That's a that's a clever idea. I like that. There's a, there's a lot. So just a just a palate cleanser, kind of as we're winding down here to you know, just have some fun. Uh, and uh, it sparked conversation, and it kind of gives people out there too a little bit of a uh, little bit of insight into who this guest is, and yeah. you know, definitely uh, maybe, a beach guy. maybe, maybe, definitely a beach guy. Yeah. Uh, I go mountains. I think I'm not I, a, I like both, but I, I just uh, I think because of my son, really, like there's not much we can do with them, so he loves the beach. So I think that's why. Yeah, just beach, beach, beach. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, the mountains, depending on how, how high you get and, you know, health issues and a lot of other things. Good Lord, we we went back into the summer or so last year. We went up into Colorado, and it had been forever since I'd been up Pikes Peak. Mm-hmm. And we got up there, and it was hard to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, man, mm-hmm. I don't, last time I was here, I was a teenager or something, you know? And it's like, I don't remember it being like this. And I'm like... Good Lord, I literally got to think about breathing. It's, it's you know, such, such a high altitude. But you, know, you want to hear an embarrassing story? Absolutely. We always want to hear right. embarrassing stories. Let's right. do it. So it was, it was my 50th birthday party. My wife, we, we took a little vacation in mass to Mount Greylock. I don't know if you're familiar with Mount Greylock. And, yeah, I'm a big scouter, big hiker, big camper. So I planned this hike and we went up uh-huh. two peaks actually. Like we went the long way and I'm thinking, yeah, it would probably take us about four hours, four and a half, eat a little lunch and come down. Uh, no. <laughs> and at base camp in the morning, we, 
I told the woman, the ranger, where we were going. I wanted to get a map. And she goes, wow, you're going all that way. I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. It took us, I think, six hours, six and a half hours to get up, if not more. And there was a thunderstorm chasing us right up. You can can see the black clouds. So as soon as we get up, um, the clouds just, it was so beautiful. The clouds just came right over the top of the mountain. It It was really cool. But it poured and it was blackout. And now the trails are all like a river, right? So very treacherous. And I'm not taking, and it was like three in the afternoon, four in the afternoon. I'm not taking another six hours. We're going to get down at night. So, so the top of the mountain, we had to call an Uber. (laughs) So, yeah. That's, uh, (laughs) yep. I admit it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, I get it. I get it. Um, it was a good hike, though. Really good hike, but couldn't, right. couldn't it just didn't leave enough time to get back down. Yeah, right. And where was it at? Mount Greylock. It's in Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if um, it's in Western Mass near Lee and, and all that. And if you're a Harry Potter fan, supposedly Mount Greylock is the um, uh, America's um, entry to like like um, the school there, whatever it's Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Yeah. 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 In America. Okay. Okay. I don't think mountains when I think of Massachusetts. I just don't. Yeah, there's some. I mean, again, New Hampshire, you get into more mountainy mountains for sure. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, and I just think about Massachusetts, it's so small, but I'm in Texas. So it's yeah. everything's small. A lot of states um, are small, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think, in fact, Massachusetts, I think I had a conversation. The county I live in may be bigger than Massachusetts. <laughs> it's, it's possible. Um, and so that, that blows my mind, you know, when you think mm-hmm. about it. But uh, as far as hunting, is there is there is there much in the way of hunting that you yeah. know of in Massachusetts? Oh, yeah, Pl- really? plenty of hunting. Yeah, bow season. We have muzzleloader season and shock. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hunting's uh, very alive and well in Massachusetts. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, a lot of shotgun sports, any bird, bird hunting and stuff like that up yeah. there? Or is it mostly... Yeah. Yeah, we okay. have everything up here. Yeah, very, we have some cool. clubs. I belong to one club who, um, you know, they stock it, and we got enough property where you know every year you go on a bird hunt and you're allowed so many birds. And yeah. oh wow, okay, yeah. okay. Well, that sounds like a whole lot of fun. Yeah, Massachusetts <laughs> is not as bad as you've heard. So. Not as bad as you're. Well, that's what I was saying when we started out. Uh, you know, yeah. we were having a conversation with a guy from Illinois last yeah. night, and and it's like. I got to looking into the hunting regulations and, and things there because I thought, oh, good Lord, as hard, as bad as they are with 2A stuff, like who knows? Like you can only yeah. hunt with a bow or, you know, some weird something. And, you know, really the only stipulation was it has to be a 30 caliber or larger. They really didn't even, hmm. you know, um, which is, that's pretty common here in, yeah, I was gonna here say. in Texas, here in Texas, you just can't hunt with a rim fire. Gotcha. Uh, that's the only uh well let me take it back certain game animals mm-hmm. you can't hunt with a with a rim fire you could you can hunt squirrel with a rim fire but you can't hurt hunt a white-tailed deer let's say so right. uh that type of thing uh gonna give you a uh a couple minutes here bill at the end uh obviously i've got the patriot firearm school link down below for everybody mm-hmm. out there uh, i will get the it was the acronym or whatever as the bell after the bell after rings, the bell rings a- ATBR.com. Yeah. 
You said atbrbook.com. atbrbook.com. I will get that in the description below because people get lazy sometimes. They need a link. Yeah. <laughs> and I, no, I, I get, get it. it. I get it. Links uh, are good. But, I'm a link guy for sure. Right. Uh, people want to follow what you do, get more info, whatever the case may be. Uh, I'll let you kind of uh, give your spiel and close it out a little bit. Yeah. So like Chris said, it's patriotfarmschool.com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, reach out. Um, atbrbook.com. That is an instructor program that I launched about a month ago. So if you're interested in that, interested in passing some really good information on to our youth, you know, definitely hit me up on that. Uh, targetnation.com, targetnation.com. That's a company I'm involved in that, uh, is teaches the center of exposure rather than center of mass shooting. We even get into that in this podcast, but that's a, that is a great, uh, great product. So, um, that's it. I could go on and on about other things like the drill deck. That's a product I developed. If you go on patriotfarmschool.com on the shop, you'll see the videos for that, but right. that's it. Yeah, that's awesome. it. And Chris, I really appreciate you having me on. I'm very humbled. Um, yeah, very nice meeting you at shot. And, and, you know, that, that's one of the biggest things a shot is networking and getting to know, uh, people in the industry that you wouldn't otherwise, you know, get to see. So, yeah, no, I, yeah. I totally, I totally agree. And I appreciate you taking the time to come on and you'll talk with us. And of course, introduce yourself to, uh, hopefully a new audience out there who will definitely check out the book. And, uh, if they're from mass or close or know people that are can, you know, now they've got a resource to uh, to recommend and, and kind of fall back on. So that's that's what it's all about, and uh, and the conversation here is, you know, yeah. uh, sometimes a lot can be picked up from just having a conversation. And so that's that's what I want to encourage everybody out there to do is the same thing. Whether you're at the local coffee shop, restaurant, the gun shop, pick up a cue from this podcast and just talk to people. So that's something. Amen. Uh, we don't, we don't do that. We do the, uh, two thumbs on a screen all day. It seems yeah. like it's, it's our form of talking nowadays. And we got to get away from that. We got to get that personal element back in there, even though we're connected through wires, at least we're, <laughs> at least we're live or real time and we're looking at each other. So that's yep. about as close to in real life as you could possibly get. But Bill, uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us today, man. We really appreciate it. Not, no problem. Thanks again, Chris. And so before we get out of here, uh, just real quick, uh, powered by MTM Case Guard, mtmcase-guard.com. Uh, I think I did not mention the dash before, did I? mtmcase-guard.com. Uh, and lots of cool stuff over there. Uh, it's coming soon, the high-low shooting table. Check that out if you go over to MTM Case Guard for sure, because I guarantee you it is intriguing. Uh, with code CloverTAC, you'll save 10% over there, of course. I'll throw that up on the screen real quick for the live people. Um, and just a uh, quick thanks again to the Patreon patrons, the YouTube channel members, those at Super Chat. Super thanks and shop clovertech.com slash shop. Tomorrow, if you're live with us anyway, if you're not live, well, the replay, it'll be there too eventually. But tomorrow we've got Matt with Meet the Pressers, going to be in the house and uh, and talking with Matt. So uh, that's going to do it for this one. Until next time, don't forget to chain fire freedom. We appreciate the Patreon patrons and YouTube channel members who keep these podcasts going. If you're looking for cool stickers, patches, and other gear, be sure to check out CloverTac.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the CloverTac Podcast.